Many are getting weak. Many are failing. And many have fallen in their faith. Learn how to become an overcomer in this end time through the anointed teachings of Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa. Pastor Ebenezer Okonifa is an emerging voice and a leader in this end time movement of faith. His message centers on faith, the Holy Spirit, and the realities of the new creation in Christ. He is the senior pastor of Overcomers Nation Church and president of Ebenezer Okonifa Ministries in Accra, Ghana. Become inspired, empowered, and enlightened as you listen to the life-transforming message of God's Word through His special servant. And now, today's message. Somebody will you celebrate Jesus? Hallelujah. So, our faith is synonymous with power. Jesus was able to achieve all that he achieved on earth because he was empowered. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10 verse 38, very clear, very clear how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And because of that, he was able to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Why? Because power was at work in him. If we are also going to achieve anything, he gave us that preamble, you shall receive power. He said, tarry, remain in Jerusalem until you are endued, you are soaked, you are intoxicated with power from on high. Because a new power is what is going to make the difference. Without power, it is just mere gibberish. It is just a mere fairy tale. It's uh, uh, thing fiction. Our Christianity becomes just a fiction. Fictitious characters in the Bible, nothing is real. Nothing is wrong. We are of all men most miserable because we claim amongst all men that we carry the greatest power at work in us. So it is important that as a child of God, you understand the subject of power. Power should become something that you are conversant with and you know how to operate in that power. Praise God forevermore. And I shared with you in various uh, sermons that the Latin word for power is potere, P-O-T-E-R-E, which means to be able. So the word power is synonymous with ability. It's synonymous with capacity. It's an enablement to get things done, to get results, to be able to turn situations around. Generally speaking, power is ability or capacity to control or influence or affect yourself others or the environment, your ability to make impact in your society, your ability to make impact in uh, the lives of others is a, is a representation of the power that you carry. It is an ability, an enablement to cause change. If I'm to lift this, uh, uh, this lesson from where it is to another place, it's because I have the power to do it. It is the enablement that I have. If I lack that power, this thing will not move a hoot, will not move an inch. If I, I, I a little child, let's say of a one year old or two years old who does not have the strength or the power that I have cannot move this. So power is about ability. Somebody say ability. And when we consider the subject of ability, uh, doing miracle service on, on Sunday, I was sharing with you, I think, or rather in the morning, that there are different kinds of power. Different kinds of power. There is mental power, IQ, intelligence quotient. Some are very, very smart. Very, very smart. And our people are smart, but they are using it for the wrong things. 
Like some of these scammers, they can call you and give you a very intelligent story. Some hackers, they have ability to work the computer and yet they'll be using it for stealing, moving money from people's accounts, from one account to the next, to the next, to the next, before you realize you cannot even trade the money. And they have intelligence, but somewhere, somehow, their enablement is in the negative. It is a kind of power. So there is intelligence power, mental power, and then there is emotional power. That is ability to control your emotions and use that also to control others. We call it emotional intelligence. Many people have an intelligence quotient, but they lack emotional intelligence. That is why somebody can be so smart and have first class in school and yet cannot maintain a relationship with other people. Because the person is smart, but it's, it's insensitive to how his or her words make impact on others. So emotional intelligence is little. And now if you go even to the work field, you realize that they are now going more towards emotional intelligence. Because sometimes smart people can cause a lot of problems. They can say certain things, do certain things, and at the end of the day, the entire team will be destroyed. They may be the smartest in terms of intelligence, but they are the dumbest in terms of emotional uh, power. Glory to Jesus Christ. That is why you can have somebody who is a big-time businessman by a poor husband, doesn't know how to talk to his wife, doesn't know how to manage his children, emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. And if you are going to develop your capacity in this world, apart from building a wealth of mansion of knowledge in your head, learn how to be able to be sensitive to your environment in terms of the emotions of other people and how you can use that to better their lives. Glory to Jesus Christ. So emotional intelligence is a form of power. And then we have muscular strength, which is physical power. Like me, the battle between me and the two-year-old to move this lecture. I Obviously, I won't. Why? I have more muscular power. That is physical power, physical strength. And then we have political power. Power that is given for governance. Uh, from whether by democracy, monarchy system, or to, uh, autocracy. Whatever it is, is political power. Power to govern a people. Whether through a chief census system or through uh, various kinds of systems. So there is political power. All of these things are of natural source. And then there's social power. And listen to me. You understand me? When we move into various countries, in fact, you go to India, depending on the city that you are in, there's a, or you are from, there's a kind of respect that you receive. So there are parts of India when they come, nobody regards them. They are considered the, the poorest of the poor. The, even when there's development, the development gets to them late. Why? Because of their social circles. So that is social power. Whether you are an elite or a non-elite, these things have importance. In fact, if you come even to Ghana, if uh, there's a place where a very powerful MP lives, you realize that they'll be developing that place. Up against a village which may have more people than that community. That's where the MP lives. Why? Because an MP is staying over there. An MP is staying over there. Even though they are all human beings, the one in the village is considered somebody who is of low status socially. And the MP... That's why they can come on, uh, on the TV sets and on the radio and speak anyhow. And speak to us as though we are children. Why? Because when they became MPs and they became ministers of government, their social status changed. Their so social status changed. So there is something known as social power. Social power. Very, very, very important. Sometimes even it can even come as a result of marriage. Glory to Jesus Christ. 
Even in our society, sometimes you realize that if you see somebody not wearing a wedding ring, there's a certain level of respect that the person is given. But when you see another person wearing a wedding ring, the person is automatically considered mature. It is a social thing. You cannot change it. It does not necessarily mean it is true. But in the context of social power, it is something that is working. Are we together? Are we together? So there is social power. And there's another form of power which I like and I pray for all of you. Financial power. Because when you have financial power, you can get social power. You can get political power. And even if you want muscular power, you can go and buy a treadmill and some weights and build some muscular power. Amen and amen. Some of us, the reason we are not strong is not because uh, we, we don't get time to exercise. We are suffering too much. The little energy we have got, you want us to go and carry metal. No, 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 no. Hallelujah. But when you know you have enough meat in the fridge, you can eat and still go and exercise it away. What are you talking about? Amen and amen. So, financial power. As I stretch my hands towards you, may God release financial power into your life. Oh, your amen is very small. As as I stretch my hands towards you, let me position myself in power dimensions. As I stretch my hands towards you, receive financial power. In the name of Jesus Christ. The one who jumped and received it, it is yours in the next seven days. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. And the one who sat down and received it, it is yours in the next seven minutes. <laughs> now, this stuff, Pastor, is not being fair. <laughs> Give a clap offering to Jesus. Hallelujah. But there is a higher, uh, the highest form of power that is available is what is called spiritual power or supernatural power. And that is our theme for tonight. Supernatural power. And we've been speaking about supernatural power. When we talk about supernatural power, we are talking about a form of power which is not of natural descent. The source is not natural. All the all the power that are, kinds of power that I've spoken about, they are natural power. They can be calculated. You can lobby for political office, but supernatural power you cannot even pay money for it. The Bible tells us about a, a, a certain sorcerer who was converted to Christianity. And when he saw Peter and uh, James manifesting the power of God, he said, that, let me give you money so that you can give me this power by which you are able to touch people and they begin to speak in other tongues. He said, perish with your money. Perish with your money. Because supernatural power is not of natural origin. It is not about the family that you are born in. It is not about your social status. It is not about your physical stature. You can have a lot of muscles, but then when political power touches you, supernatural power touches you, you see that there's a power past power. One man of God many years ago, I was a young believer. I was now coming in the faith, and he was ministering a prophet of God. And he said that he went to the United States of America, one of these uh, European, uh, Eastern, uh, Western countries. And whilst he was ministering, I said, I called people to, for prayer. And then a hog of a man, muscular, macho, you can see that his chest is literally tearing his chest. God, the man was. And he came to stand in front of him for prayer. For a second, he said he was intimidated. He said, wow. <laughs> the way these other people are falling out like chickens. This one, yeah. But you know what? That is when he saw the power indeed pass power. As soon as he stretched his hand, before his hand could even touch the man, the man was lying flat on the ground. Supernatural power. Supernatural power. There is power that comes from the spirit. It is not of natural origin, but it is a real power. It is actually the force 
that in religious circles is considered to control the universe. Control things that are happening all over in terms of human, the universe and human affairs. There is a spiritual power which is beyond natural origin, which cannot be seen, cannot be touched, but it is real. It is real. It is real. It is real. It is often seen in the ability to perform miracles. So when we are having a healing service and see people getting healed, it's supernatural power that is working. And that is a power that God has given unto us. It is also seen in the ability to release blessings, to grant blessings, and sometimes to exercise judgment and to insist on justice. So it is, so even, so, um, let me, let me, so in, in this kind of power, uh, in, in terms of this power, there are two dimensions. There is, uh, the demonic or satanic supernatural power, and there's also the divine supernatural power, which is power from God. And in the explanation I'm giving, they are both able to work. So you go into the traditional circles, you go and uh, commit a, a, a crime, they will take you before the, the deity. And so either you, either you, uh, you sacrifice a chicken, a goat, or pay something, or pay homage to their God, or else you suffer the wrath of that spirit. So by that power, they are able to exercise judgment and justice. Are we together? I said, are we together? Yeah. So... There is this supernatural power. And that is why sometimes when people want to be wealthy, they go and see spiritists, people who consult. And it will amaze you. The same way pastors are complaining that when they are praying for people and they break through, uh, then they forget about them. These, these people are also complaining. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll start visiting you in the night. Glory to Jesus Christ. But for Christians who will come and complain in the house of God, and they will go and continue so winning. What are you talking about? Hallelujah. So, there is a supernatural dimension of power. Look, don't ever deceive yourself that because of your education you know everything. No, it is not everything that you know. Many people study themselves into stupidity. They keep learning and learning, and all of a sudden, because they have become professors, they say, no, 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 everything is about science. Everything is about science. Everything is about science. Listen to me, there are many things science cannot explain. Do you know that even science is based on a lot of assumptions? A lot of assumptions. What is the force of gravity? What is the force of gravity? Say, oh, it's because the earth is moving in, in, uh, in, in a certain manner, so that is, so it's attracting sister. Okay, so who put the earth in motion in the first place? <laughs> Are we together? Uh, no, it's because of the relationship between the planets and the moons and the suns and the stars. So they exerting some kind of centripetal and centrifugal force on each other. Beautiful, that is a perfect explanation. Who positioned them so perfectly? That for millions of years they have not collided into each other. When somebody wants to ask you, uh, tell you that God does not exist, there's a principle of intelligence in the whole world. What created day and night? Do you know that if the world was only day, humanity cannot survive? And if it was only night, humanity cannot survive. There must be a balance of day and night. Who instituted it? Who instituted it? Somebody once said that, ah, look, there's no God in this world. No God came to create everything and said, let there be light and create things. No, everything was like a big mesh 
and, so, and they took, he took a, 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 a basin of water and he put oil in there and then he, he, he stirred it up. And so it's broke into small uh, droplets of oil all over. I said, huh, that is how it all happened. So that's how the planets were. There was a big staring. And so that is what scattered everything for it to be operating this way. And he felt so intelligent. He felt so intelligent. And then somebody lifted up his hand. It's a wonderful explanation. But who did the staring? <laughs> who did the staring? Some, somebody, there is God who... Oh, I said there is God who... There is God. Give a clap offering to God. Glory to Jesus Christ. So there is a God. And he exercises his influence in this world by this five letter word, power. Power. Christianity is for us to be kings. And to exercise dominion in the earth and in our wealth and our spheres of contact that God has given us. We need power to be functional. Without power, you cannot exercise influence. That's why Jesus said, wait to receive this thing called power. Jesus could not be manifested, even though he was a son of God, until he had been baptized with the Holy Ghost, with power. Before then, nobody knew about Jesus Christ. Until he had returned in the power of the Spirit, unto Galilee, unto Nazareth, unto his people. That is when everybody began to hear about Jesus. Then his fame spread abroad. Why? Because power had come upon him. Even the Son of God needed power. So, what am I doing? I'm demystifying power. Letting you know that it is actually a vital part of the life that God has given to us as Christians. It is not something for special programs. It is what you need if you are going to make an impact in a market in this world. Without power, forget it. If you don't get it, forget about it. And this time they don't get it, I don't mean understand. If you don't have it, if you are not functioning the power of God, forget about ever making an influence a market in this world. Hallelujah. But tonight, I want to assure you, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have power. I said, if you have the Holy Ghost, you have power. In the divine power, which is the supernatural power of God that I'm talking about, that God has made available to Christians, there are two dimensions. So, I'll be using them interchangeably. As you read the Bible, you realize, you discover a Greek word called dunamis. Acts chapter 1, the verse number 8. Dunamis. D-U-N-A-M-I-S. Dunamis. Dunamis. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you will be witnesses of me in Judea, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and even to the uttermost part of the earth. In that context, the word power is translated from a Greek word, dunamis, D-U-N-A-M-I-S. That is talking about a dynamic power. It is talking about force. It is talking about miracle working ability. It is talking about the force of influence. It is literally a tangible power. A tangible power that when it is activated or stirred up, it begins to produce results. It begins to cause things to happen. If I come and I, maybe let's say, uh, I want Christiana to move from where she is, and then I come and I don't tell her anything. And she's looking at me like that. I just go and I carry her in the chair and I move her out. That is dynamics at work. Because I'm exercising my physical natural strength to carry her. Hallelujah. Don't look at me like you don't believe I can carry you. And I'll carry the chair together. Hallelujah. So that is dynamics. It's like a physical strength. 
natural, tangible ability that is released to cause certain effects. In Luke chapter 10, the verse number 19, Jesus again told his disciples, He said, Behold, I have given you power to trample upon snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Strangely, in this context, he does not use dunamis. He uses another Greek word, which is exousia. Exousia is a kind of power which can best be translated as authority. Authority. Now, Christiana is my daughter in the spirit. And I say, Christiana, move from where you are. I'm not moving to her. Carry the chair and move from there. Will you do it? Will you do it? Will you do it? She will do it. I have achieved the same result. But this time, I didn't need to use my physical strength. I'm using authority. Authority. Delegated ability to influence. In that situation, it is not tangible force. But it carries as much power as the tangible physical one. And the Bible tells us that all of these, both dunamis and exousia, have been made available to the believer. How? Somebody celebrate God. Celebrate Jesus Christ. Exousia and dunamis have been made available unto us. They have made available unto us. As we go through the scriptures, we'll find them. Now, my style of teaching is usually topical. Praise God forevermore. There are different styles of teaching. There's expository teaching. That is when you take a text and then you develop it. And then there's also topical. That is where you take a subject and then you begin to look for its relationship across the scriptures. Line upon line, precept upon precept. You begin to discover principles. And you begin to discover uh, systems of thinking in the scriptures to come out with a, a, a definite meaning. And so if you notice, most of the time as I'm preaching, I'm going all over the Bible. Right from Old Testament through New Testament. Why? Because I'm trying to prove to you that there's something, a system, that is a real system that is operating. And it is confirmed both by New Testament scriptures and Old Testament. And then I consolidate it with real life experiences. Hallelujah. And then I tell you things that are happening in our time for you to know that ah, this thing is still operating. Amen and amen. So don't worry if we are moving in so many scripture spiral dimensions. That is how I teach. Glory to Jesus. Every now and then I do expository, and then I, I barely do it nowadays. Amen and amen. I was called to, to reveal things from the scriptures, to reveal principles. That is the fulcrum of my ministry. Amen. That's the fulcrum. That's where my, my, my ministry takes functionality from. Are you understanding me? So, don't be worried about the style of teaching. Okay, I'm giving you a topic, and I'm giving you the breakdown. If you follow carefully, you realize that by the end of the day, it will seem as though you have gone through an academic exercise. Somebody told me that on overcoming speeches is like you are going to school. So, if you miss one episode, it becomes difficult for you to follow in the next one. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> Glory to Jesus. So, that is why it's important to listen to the podcast, because we are breaking it down. It's like school. We are not here to shout and you are receiving, you are receiving. No. But how the receiving comes is also what, what we'll tell you. When you are able to grasp it, you can replicate the results that we do have in this house wherever you go. You can replicate it anywhere and everywhere. Because the Bible, the Word of God functions everywhere. There's no barrier. There's no barrier. In America, it works. In Asia, it works. In Africa, it works. Are we together? Yes. That's how the word of God is. It has influence. It is a proper MTN everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Celebrate the word of God. 
So, on this note, the next topic and uh, the next subtopic is sources of this power. How do we get access to this power? Scripturally speaking, two main, th- two main sources. The Holy Spirit, number one, the primary source. And number two, the Word of God. That one can also be a primary source. Hallelujah. But now let's say sources. The Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Jesus is very clear. The Bible tells us, he said that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So it means that the Holy Spirit is a source of that power. Are we together? Acts chapter 10 verse 38. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. So you see, power and the Holy Spirit moving together to come upon Jesus Christ. Luke chapter number 24, verse number 49. Let's read that scripture. Luke 24, the verse number 49. Again, you see that the Holy Spirit, who is the promise of the Father, is the source. Look at that. He said, I will send the promise of my Father, that is the Holy Spirit, upon you. But carry in the, in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued the power from on high. So you see, the power from on high is from the Holy Spirit. Are we together? Are, are, are we, we getting something over here? Now, let's look at Luke chapter number 1, the verse number 35. Luke chapter number 1, the verse number 35. After Mary had asked, how shall it be that I have not known any man, and yet I am going to become pregnant? Look at what the angel tells her. Luke chapter 1, verse 35. He says that, and the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow you. So, I'm just giving all of these things for you to know, to prove to you that the Holy Spirit is, a source of power. It's a source of power that God has made available unto us. So anybody who is a carrier of the Holy Spirit is a carrier of power. It's a carrier of power. Luke chapter number 4, the verse number 14. Luke chapter number 4, the verse number 14. Many scriptures to prove this one concept in the Bible. The Bible tells us about how Jesus, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he returned in the power of what? Of, of who? The Spirit. So, the power was off the Spirit. Off is a word of origin. In the power of the Spirit unto Galilee, and news of him went out all, all around the surrounding region. You go to the verse number 18, and then after you are taking the scriptures, he says that the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me. Do you understand me? So, he's telling us the source of his power is the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. The second source is the Word of God. Now, this part is so intriguing to me, and I hope I can do some good digestion of that. Hebrews chapter number 1, the verse number 3. The Bible says that, Who being the brightness of His glory, talking about Jesus, and the express image of His person, and are all holding all things by the word of His power. God is able to hold everything together. Hold the earth together. Hold the universe together. Hold the moon, the stars, and everything in its place. Hold the cells of your body together. Over the, over many years, physicists have discovered a term called entropy. How many of you have heard the word entropy before? Entropy, entropy, entropy. Uh, chemists, right? So you understand entropy. Entropy is talking about chaos. It's talking about a certain agitation in matter, which if it is left unguarded, will lead, cause matter to enter into a chaotic state. 
So entropy is not only operating in the cells or, or, or in the basic units of matter, the atomic and the molecular level. It is working in all of nature. But somewhere, somehow, for over thousands of years, the earth is still together. The earth is still together, even though there is a system within the earth. That is why it is very possible to believe the word of God when it tells us that the earth shall met like wax before the Lord. It shall dissolve. Because it means that the band of protection, when it is taken away, it will go off, scatter, and be destroyed. What is keeping the earth together is the word of God. The Bible is keeping all things by the word of his power. When he spoke it, the power to contain it was released. Upholding all things by the word of his power. There is so much power in the word of God. No wonder Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but he shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Ecclesiastes 8, the verse number 4, makes it expressly clear that where the word of the king is, there is power. Meaning words can contain power. Words are receptacles of power. Words are capsules that contain a component called power. When where the word of God is released, that is when we truly understand what the term photon is. How many of you have heard the word photon? Photon. Is it? This is physics. Glory to Jesus. It's talking about packets of power. Light. Energy. So, <laughs> let me come before, there is some is looking at me like, so if we then cry and photon and throw and then, hallelujah. Let me come back to the word of God. Hallelujah. But then, that is this. The word, the word of the king is there is power. The power of the entrance of his word given light and bring it understanding to the simple. So when light comes, light is in pockets. Like the way you are seeing all of this light as a stream of light. According to physics, it's not a stream like that. It is in photons. It's in pockets. And those packets are what hit your eyes and hit the back of your eyes. And depending on the particular photon, the frequency, the wavelength, everything that is connected to it, that is, it produces an image. And it's that image that you see as pictures. So everybody are looking at me right now. There is physics, you are a machine. <laughs> or a machine. <laughs> Something is working in you. There's a screen. There's energy. There's reflection. Refraction. Many things are happening at the same time. And you tell me that there's no God. He's the biggest scientist. He's a scientist of scientists. He knows all things. He has programmed all things. Everything that scientists are boasting about, they did not create, they discovered. Who created it? Who created it? That's the greatest scientist. Glory to Jesus Christ. So, Jesus teaches us that the Word is a source of power. The word is a source of power. Glory to Jesus. In Luke chapter 4, verse number 32, how do we see Jesus operating in power? In verse 32, the Bible says, And they were astonished at his doctrine, for his word was with power. They saw that when the man spoke, things happened. His word was with power. They were amazed that how can a man, they, they were going to need certain oils and certain perfumes to exercise a person of evil spirits. But this man just looks at a person and says, I have, Come out of the body. What do you mean? And then the spirit says, Hey, away. I'm gone. And then he says, Because it's not like this modern day demons say, Men, come in, come in, come in. What do you mean, you Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus Christ. Any men come in, come in, spirits. 
that has been assigned to you tonight be educated to the word of God. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He'll just speak to that demon and they, boom, they check out. They are gone. Glory to Jesus. Now for those who are in our international, com- uh, international community who are listening to us, Minko Minko is a scientific word. <laughs> Hallelujah. Which is used in the spiritual parlances when they want to say that, I will not go, I will not go, I will not go. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Give a clap offering to Jesus. Who has been blessed by the word of God today? In verse 36, they said expressed their shock at how Jesus operates. <laughs> and they were all amazed and they speak among themselves, saying, what a word is this? <laughs> what a word. Having to realize that sometimes we are sharing the word of God and then people who are having sicknesses are getting healed. The word is releasing power. They said, what a word is this? What kind of word is this? How can we continue? We've never seen it done this way before. For with, listen this, with authority and power. You see the dynamis and then the exousia being used over there. With authority and with power, he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. So you see here, they have recognized the two forms of power Jesus was operating with. Exousia and dunamis. Authority and power. Authority and power. He commanded. So the expression of the dominion of Jesus was through power. In its double-sided or double-faced manifestations. And that is how we need to understand when when we are operating as Christians. We function by power. There are times I'll lay hands on somebody for the demon to leave. Other times I just look at the person with my eyes and the, person, the demon must go because I'm exercising authority. I just say, be gone. There are times if the person will be shaking, I, I, I will walk away. Why? Because I know that the word of the king has gone forth. The word of the king has gone forth. Are, you, are we together? So they will shake. By, by the time they finish shaking, they'll be gone. They'll be gone because they cannot, they cannot be disobedient. Because the word carries power. And that power can come to bless or it can come to torment. God's word is a two-sided, double-sided sword. It can cut with a blessing and it can cut with a curse. All of it are manifestations of power. So there's power in God's word. When God speaks, power flows. When God speaks, no one in the book of Psalms he said, I am for peace, but when I speak, they are for war. Power comes when I speak. When I speak, my words go to war. In the book of Isaiah chapter number 55, he says that as the snow and the rain cometh and does not return unto it void, so are my words. My words will always accomplish. Why? My words carry power. My words carry ability. Listen to me. That is why you need encounters with the word. You need encounters with God where God is speaking to you. Anytime you are going to see promotion and elevation in your life, you should have heard a word from God. Anytime you hear from God, that word as you are hearing lifts you up. You don't need any man to lift you up. The word when it enters into you, it lifts you up. He said, ah, and his word entered, I heard his word, and his spirit entered me and raised me to my feet. Ezekiel chapter 2, the verse number 2. The, as he heard the word, the spirit entered and lifted him up. It was the word that enabled him. Power is in the word. That is why we want to emphasize on reading your Bible. 
reading your Bible, meditating on the scriptures. He said, Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, for he trusted in thee. The power in the word comes as we meditate, as we spend time with the scriptures. Many people spend so much time praying, they don't spend time with the word of God. You spend so much time talking to God, but you see, the real power is when God talks to you. It's when God talks to you. It's when God talks to you. Don't make your prayer time a one-sided telephone conversation. Don't let it be a one-sided. As you speak, hear from God. When you hear from God, listen, you don't have to feel anything. Oh, I'm telling you, the day God anointed me with the anointing that I operated when I'm operating in miracle service, I didn't feel anything. All I saw was a vision. And I heard the Lord say that I've anointed you with anointing to lift burdens of people. I didn't fall under the anointing. I just heard from God. From that time, burdens have been lifted up people for the past one and a half years as we have been running miracle service. Why? Because a word came from heaven. The word of God. The word of God. Listen to me. You need to have that personal experience. Personal experience. Many of us cannot believe certain things because we have not heard certain things. When you hear from God, you cannot not believe. Heaven must speak to you. Heaven must speak to you. Listen, don't live life just on the superficial and on the natural. You must go deeper. Tell somebody beside you, go deeper. Look. Wisdom said that I'm in the streets and I'm calling. Who will listen to me? The word of God is wisdom. The word of God is wisdom. So, God's word and God's word bring power. When you are able to imbibe the word, power comes to you. When you're able to fellowship with the spirit of God, you pray in power. You pray in power. Many years ago, I was uh, a leader in Assemblies of God Campus Fellowship in uh, KNUSC. And one of the duties uh, required that I go and minister in uh, certain senior high schools in Louis Girls School. And when I went there, I could barely speak for five minutes, and the power of God fell over them. Come and see, all over the place. All over the place, they were falling all over. Demons were coming out of these young girls. And those who were not speaking in tongues started speaking in tongues. Others were prophesying. There was total chaos, but the power of God filled that whole atmosphere. <laughs> and you see, when it starts happening this way, the occults and the, those who are not spiritual, who are teachers, they begin to get worried. But there was one particular teacher that, uh, he, 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 who came around. And amazingly, even though he came around, he looked very angry from a distance. But he could not enter into the grounds of the meeting, come and stop the meeting. He could only stand from a distance and be speaking. And then he would say that it's not that he's against these things. He himself, some years ago, he was part of the prayer warriors in his church. I think it was the Methodist or Presbyterian, one of those other churches. So he too, they used to cast out demons. They used to cast out demons. But you see, my point of conflict here is they used to. It's not that funny actually. It's they used to. No matter what power dimension you're operating in, there's an enemy of that power that can cause it to become of non-effect. When we say something's of non-effect, it means that it's no longer powerful. It's no longer effective. It's no longer able to produce results. There are men of God 
who in their youthful days were casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, and they grow up to a certain point now, when they are even saying be healed, nothing happens. What happened? What happened? Some of the places in Europe where Christianity seems to be dying out, Germany, Germany was one of the first places where the uh, revolution when the, 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 the Protestantism was breaking away from uh, Catholicism, Germany was one of the first places that the Reformation took place. But you go to Germany today, so dry. Where is the power that our fathers spoke about? You go to England today, the biggest evangelist and revivalist used to come from England. It wasn't America. It used to be England. It used to be England. But today you go to England. If there is a power of Holy Ghost move and people start speaking in tongues, it becomes world news. It becomes something very strange. Where did the, all the power go? Where did all the power go? There are things that I have called enemies of power. Anybody who ever prays in the power of God must be careful of these enemies. Who is an enemy? I just decided to look up some few synonyms and I have about 20 synonyms. So get ready to write very quickly. Number one, an enemy is a foe. A foe. An opponent. An antagonist. A nemesis. A competitor. An opposer. A hostile. A combatant. A detractor. An opposition. And a challenger. A hater. A resistor, a contrarian, <laughs> a competitor, and a frenemy. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> but basically, when we are talking about an enemy, we are talking about somebody who opposes something that you have, or opposes you, or fights you. A foe. Somebody who wants to cause you to move in the opposite direction of where you actually want to go to. Goes to, someone wants to reduce your power and your effectiveness. They are opposers of power. And the funny thing is that these opposers of power that I'm going to talk to, they are not the devil. And because somebody says, uh-huh. Yeah, we're about to deal with my, the witches of my mother's house. The greatest enemies of life are not external. They're internal. They're internal. You want to see the first and the best person who can oppose the power of God from working in your life. Go and look in the mirror. Go and look where? In the mirror. In the mirror. In the mirror. In the mirror. <laughs> like horror. <laughs> Glory to Jesus Christ. Go and look in the mirror. Go and look in the mirror. Look, if you don't keep yourself at a certain spiritual temple, you can lose the power that is working in your life. If you don't learn to stir up yourself, you don't learn to deal with certain things that operate in the natural. You can lose the power of God. What is the first enemy of power? Doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. Both present an opposition to the word of God. When you hear something, hey, this thing can it be true. Look, yesterday, one brother, a brother, Japheth, the Tanzanian boxer, is going to Tanzania today. And... He sent me a WhatsApp message. He says, Daddy, I met a policeman at the airport. 
And the policeman just stopped me and asked me, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Tanzania. And he took out Tanzanian money and gave to me. I don't know the man from anywhere. That somebody say, oh, this thing can they have him. <laughs> because he's an oppressor. Nobody does with him anything. So he doesn't believe that angels exist. He doesn't believe that God can send somebody to come and provide your need. We saw, you see people getting healed. Sometimes you're like, hey, this thing is the truth. I remember many years ago when I watched some of the miracles on TV. I'm like, ah, I, no, no, they must have paid them. As a, as a teenager, yes, I did not believe. I felt, listen, don't do like you believe everything. Because I know you are part of them. But it is doubt and unbelief. We have been so acquainted with the natural. And we have been acquainted with what is called impossibility. That when we see God's power, God's possibility, we begin to doubt and wonder whether these things are possible. Doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief. They present to you a certain truth which is opposite to the word of God. When God's word said that the dead can rise back to life. For instance, when I shared, I, I, I spoke about a baby that was given to me and the baby was lifeless and the baby came back to life in a few minutes. Someone will be like, But why can't you also believe that God can do it? Why can't you believe? If I tell you that next year by this time you'll be having a miracle car, some of us will say amen, but in our minds... <laughs> five years time and then I know it will happen tell me five, within five years it will happen but if you tell me next year by this time you see they don't believe in the miraculous they don't believe that God can change their life in an instant you see doubt and unbelief presentations of the natural over the supernatural they don't believe it was because of doubt and unbelief that the disciples could not cast out the demon. In Mark eleven twenty three, listen to the teachings of Jesus. He said, Verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart. In fact, if we were to go deeper into this subject, I would have shared with you that the doubt of the mind and the doubt of the heart. Doubt of the mind is okay. It's not okay, but it's okay. It cannot stop miracles. But then if you don't deal with it, it will enter into the heart. And that is where miracles are stopped. How many of you have realized that sometimes you are looking at you didn't believe and then you receive a miracle? It is not, it's not from your heart. You are doubting your mind. Because your mind has been trained by the natural things. So your mind sometimes believes certain things. But then if you don't deal with it, that's why in the book of James, he said a double-minded person, a double-minded, not a double-hearted so if you don't deal with what is in your mind, it will enter into your heart and it will stop your miracles. It will stop your miracles. Matthew 17 verse 19 to 20. The disciples came to Jesus apart and they said, why could we not cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Meaning, was were saying, come out. Then I want to open one eye. Is it gone yet? Come out. Is it gone yet? This is really good at all. Come out. They did not believe. Maybe because, is it? It is easier to cast out demons when there's manifestation. You know, you can see the person is shaking or the demon is manifesting. But when the person is just standing there, cool you. <laughs> You're wondering whether someone can he did it work or not. According to the scriptures, when they brought a boy to them, the boy was not manifesting. It was when Jesus came 
And after the father had spoken to him and he was presented, then the manifestation came. So he meant that all that while he had not been manifested. So please, stop bashing them. Maybe if it was you, you also have not believed. So why could we not cut him out? Because of your unbelief. Doubt and unbelief can negate the power of God. In fact, they can deny prophecy and its manifestation. Peter began to think, even after Jesus had come and the man began to walk on the water, all of a sudden the Bible said that he began to consider the boisterous winds and the waves around him. And the Bible said he began to fear in his heart. And as he began to fear in his heart, all of a sudden, you see, when Jesus had come, remember I told you that the word of God is a source of power. What Peter was working on was not on the water. He was working on the word of God. He was working on the word of God. That's the power of God. And then he began to disbelieve. Now the word of God began to dissolve under his feet. So he began to sink. They can sing. Doubt and unbelief. They dissolve and negate the power of God. Doubt and unbelief. Huh? You have received a prophecy. And then you are looking at your grades. Say, hey, I don't have a certificate. No, 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 no. Believe your word. I pray that God will add you to the army of those who can believe for crazy things. Oh, is that this person? It's not reasonable. I don't need to be reasonable. I need to be powerful. I need to be powerful. And it's powerful. And it's powerful. Listen, it's not about shouting. If it was about shouting, look at uh, uh, Pastor Adeboe. Somebody shout hallelujah. You yourself are saying that they shout hallelujah. You shouting yourself. But then he says, somebody shout hallelujah. And miracles begin to take place. Miracles without number. So it's not about shouting. And then nothing happens. Nothing happens. Nothing happens. Power is real. Power is real. The cause of your belief. John, Matthew's story, chapter 14, verse 28 to 31. Matthew 14, 28 to 31. You see the story about Peter sinking. James 1, verse 8. He said, let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavered is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And thou art all my person. A double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. He cannot receive anything. You need to learn to deal without the non-belief. You must have the capacity to believe. You must have the capacity to believe. You must believe that God can heal you. You must believe that God can lift you up. You must believe that you can attain into certain dimensions of glory. You must believe that God can use you for mighty crusades and healings and miracles can be taking place. You must believe that if you lift up your hands, power can be released. You must believe. Imagine I organize a, a power meeting. And then I come and I, no, no, I have to believe to even come put my face on that poster. I have to believe who? No, I have to believe. To make those declarations, I have to believe. I don't know, it's just another kind of madness. I have to believe. I have to believe. I have to believe. That will bring somebody who's sick. The person says, I'm feeling the pain is terrible. <laughs> And then I believe that if I touch the knee, or I speak to the knee, or I close my eyes and then open them, yes, I look in. Something will happen. I have to believe. And I say, look into my eyes. I have to believe that something must happen. You cannot not believe. You must refuse to be full of doubt. You must see your miracle in your hands. Your heart is always moving. You encounter God's power. It will be of non effect. It will be of non effect. You have to believe. Doubt and unbelief. They are thieves of the power of God. Enemies 
They will steal every miracle that God has for you until you deal with them. Until you deal with them. Be a dangerous people. So, doubt and unbelief. Number two enemy. Traditions and familiarities. What are traditions? Traditions are customs, beliefs, and practices that are passed down from generation to generation within a particular community or culture. In Christianity, there are things that we do culturally. For instance, in overcoming station, every Tuesday we are here. It can become a routine for you. Look, everything that the scriptures teach us to do carries power for miracles. If the Lord says that we should do communion, it means that there is power in the communion. No word of God shall be without power. No word, no instruction of God shall be without power. When we are not experiencing the power of God, a lot of times blame it on familiarity and turning the thing into be a, to be a tradition. That is why sometimes we are taking communion and that day the communion doesn't taste nice and your face will change and instead of praising the Lord at that point, it has become the taste of the communion. I'm not saying that you don't taste, but even if you are tasting some way, keep yourself spiritual. Understand what you are doing. Understand what you are doing. Why are we taking communion and we are, we are still going back sick? Because we did not believe that the communion contains power. We just took it as a religious act. It has become a routine. It has lost its awe. It has lost its power in our eyes. It has become normalized. And any spiritual thing that becomes normalized without under having a revelation, it means that it has, it, the revelation of it is gone. When the revelation goes, the power goes. The power goes. The power goes. Why are we going for evangelism? We are not seeing miracles in our lives. Because we have, we, we have lost the revelation. It has become a normal thing. You see, traditions. Why is it that the same preacher, your pastor is preaching to you, laying hands on you, and you are no longer experiencing a certain flow. You have become familiar. Now you lose normal. Some of, uh, you, you see, and especially when you work closely with a pastor, you see his humanity. You see how he laughs at certain jokes that you also laugh at. Like, hey, you also laugh at it. Hey, because we're even hiding the joke. You're having a video. Because you're like, hey, this is a carnal video. And the person, ah, avoid this. <laughs> and he's like, hey. And he begins to, the, 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 the glory is like, ah, he becomes humanized. He becomes humanized. There's a natural thing in a human being that always wants to normalize a person. And when that person is normalized, the power that is working on that person it becomes non-functional anymore. It becomes non-functional. That no matter what, it will not work. No matter what, it will not work. Jesus will go out of his town. And there are many preachers also testify about this. And he won't work miracles. The crippled are walking, the blind are seeing, the lame are, the lame are rising up, the deaf are hearing, the dumb are speaking. And he comes to his own town. The Bible says he could not work any mighty miracle among them. Civilly hands on a few people. In minor sicknesses. Why? They said, ah, is that not the son of Joseph? Is that not my classmate? Imagine a time comes and then I ordain Emmanuel. Emmanuel is now an ordained pastor in the church. <laughs> Emmanuel. The guy said, We bust them. <laughs> hey, what is that familiarity? Familiarity. Familiarity. And because of that, any great that is on his life will not work for such a person. Sometimes friends are not able to benefit from the greatness that God placed on their fellow friends. 
Because they don't recognize that at that point God has elevated them. They still see their humanity. They don't see the divinity as well to them. Familiarity. 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 Turning things into traditions. People are paying their tithes. Why is it not working for them? Why is the word of God become of non effect? Because it has become a tradition. Mark chapter 7 verse 13. Making the word of God of non effect. Oh, when I read that scripture for the first time, my heart skipped a beat. It means that the word of God can become ineffective. The word which carries power, yet now it has become powerless. It has become powerless. Why? The Bible says that through your traditions which you have handed down, many such things you do. Are, are we seeing something over here? Is that not very dangerous? The same thing that will save the, your, the sick, deliver the oppressed, raise the dead, will now not be able to work anymore. Hey. Hey. That's why sometimes a pastor's wife can die of a sickness that a pastor healed. <laughs> Familiarity. 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 Traditions. Never let doing the things of God and the spiritual things God has given you ever lose their power to you. Every time see the glory. Man of God, lose the glory of their office. Now it just becomes either a money making or some routine thing. You need to pause that I magnify my office. I magnify my office. Every time you see him celebrating the office that God gives him, it's that it's God who has given him this authority and this power. He never saw it as something to be taken for granted. Have you become too familiar with your man of God? Have you become too familiar with the grace of God that is upon your life? Have you become too familiar with the things of God? No wonder it's not working anymore. No wonder they are not working anymore. Those days when you pray five minutes, oh, you feel the glory of God now. Has become normalized. Familiarity. 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 So power goes. Familiarity comes in. Power goes out. Traditions come in. Power goes out. What are you going to stake? Let there be an exchange after tonight. I said, let there be an exchange after tonight. Let the awe. Let the awe. Let that beauty that used to come into your heart. No wonder I told them, go back to your first love. Go back to your first love. Go back to your first love. Look, am I teaching you the scriptures? Everything I'm telling you is not human imagination. True, true Bible teaching is not about, I think, I think. It's about what he says. The scriptures must speak for themselves. The scriptures must speak for themselves. Go back to your first love. He used to come to church early. When you are coming to church, you are coming with some excitement. Now, it's no longer there. Church will not be as joyous as it used to be. Go back to your first love. That's where your power is. That's where your power is. Let me just give you two more, and then we are out of this place. All right, Matthew chapter 13, verse 54 to 58. How Jesus could not work any miracle in his own hometown. In his own hometown. What a tragedy. Mark chapter 6, verse 5 to 6. You see it over there. And he could do there no mighty work. Says that he laid his hands upon a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief, and he went round about the villages teaching. Why? The answer to familiarity, the answer to traditions, the answer to unbelief is teaching. Is teaching. After he had finished teaching, go back to the, to the subsequent chapters. Miracles started breaking forth. 
Have you realized that even as I'm teaching you these things, it's healing certain things inside you. It's shifting certain things, correcting certain things. Oh my God. If you hold them to them, next year by this time, the power that has established this altar will have brought a miracle into your life. Celebrate Jesus now. Two last things quickly. Number three, carnality. Carnality is about being body conscious. Fleshly conscious. Oh dear, I don't think there's enough time. When you are carnally minded, it means that you are ruled by the flesh. James chapter 4 verse 3. Why prayer doesn't work? When you are, it's when you are carnal. He said, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. Your own carnality. Your own carnality. Many of us, sometimes the prayers that we are praying, the reason why we are not getting results is because the motives of our prayers are carnal. They don't have any spiritual bearing. They don't have any spiritual bearing. Father, give me a lady with a fat bum bum. You are not saying that, Father, give me a lady who help my destiny. Hey, shut that ear. God, you say whatever I ask you, give to me. <laughs> Father, <laughs> give me a man who drives a Rolls Royce. Oh, shake a little Fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer activated. No. Listen to me. You must look for the Bible says to be spiritually minded is what? Light and peace. What is the reason for whatever you are asking the Lord? Is it because you want to consume it on your own flesh? Is it because you are carnally minded? When you are too body conscious, your faith does not work. Your faith does not work. A situation takes place. And all hey, Miss Rome, Miss Rome, Miss Rome. No! Say, oh, no. all things are working together for my good. It has no matter. Even bad things, they work together for my good. They work together for my good. Nothing works against me. Why? Because I believe the word of God. When you start thinking this way, power works in your life. Every little thing you are crying, oh, why me? Why me? Why me? Why not you? It's your life. Don't need to be me. <laughs> Fire burn you. <laughs> amen and amen. Are you understanding me? Because you are too body conscious. You are not word focused. That's when your faith does not work. Carnality. Carnality. Every time you are looking for something that will satisfy the flesh. Every time you are looking for something that will make your flesh happy. But you are not looking for things that will position you in the word of God and in power. May God change us. May God make us spiritual and not carnal. I said may God make us spiritual and not carnal. May God make us spirit focused. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And the last one. Ignorance. Ignorance is a big one. I will not explain it much. But I write it down. Hosea chapter 4. Verse number 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. My people are not able to walk in the potency of my power. Because they lack knowledge. Because they lack knowledge. Genesis 28 verse 16. Jacob woke awake out of his sleep, sleep. And said. Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. If he had known, he would have built an altar before he slept. So, lack of knowledge can deny your power. In the kingdom of God, what you do not know may cost you. John chapter 8 verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And if you don't know the truth, you remain in bondage. You need information. Pursue knowledge. Even if you have to buy it. Some of us can buy a lot of things, but we don't buy spiritual books. If we have to say that these podcasts, we are now going to sell them. Some of us will say, no way. Buy the truth and sell it not. 
Proverbs 23. Verse number 23. By the truth, sell it not. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. That is where our power lies. That is our power lies. So tonight I just want to reveal to you enemies that can fight the supernatural power that God has released for our change of story. For our change of story. For our change of story. Ignorance. 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 Carnality. Traditions. Familiarity. Doubt. And unbelief. They are enemies of power. Glory to Jesus Christ. Tonight, may God give you power to fight all these enemies. In the name of Jesus Christ. Look into your life. Where have you lost power in the spirit? Where have you lost power in the spirit? Where have you lost power in the spirit? It could be because of these enemies. Rise up to your feet right now. Glory to Jesus Christ. Masha talabradigas. Oh, lendeka talabradas. Wherever you are, I want you to believe that the power of God is here. And for the next 60 seconds, we are just going to pray in the spirit. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. We'll be partaking the communion pretty soon. But right now, know that you are a creature of power. God has made power available in your life. How many of us believe that we carry power? You truly believe. Lift up the sons of the Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God. We hope that you've been blessed by this message. For more inquiries, visit our website, www.ebenezaokolipa.com or call 0546-36-3957. God bless you.